Hello, and welcome back to the Meaningful Success Podcast. Uh, this is Wade Clark. And I'm Josiah. And today, we have a very exciting show ahead of us, uh, mainly mainly because of that glint in my dad's eye that I don't quite trust. But... <laughs> Before we start really getting into it, I just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, First things first, I wanted to remind everybody that if you want to ask questions or leave us a possible topic for a future episode, you can do so at speakpipe.com slash MSP, and you can leave us a digital voicemail. You can also support us on our Patreon, and we are currently in the process of reworking our Patreon, so the perks that are listed there are not accurate. So just be aware of that. But if you want to support the show financially, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash Meaningful Success Podcast. And we will be updating that with all kinds of cool stuff in the near future. Near future. That's an interesting phrase. Near future. Yeah, the near future, because it actually ties directly into our show today. You know, the other day when we went to lunch together, you were sharing with me something about your objectives this month, actually, with respect to your book, yeah. why don't you share that with the with the audience? With the group. With the group. <laughs> with the clan. With the community. Uh, it's going a little bit slower than I'd hoped, but my goal is to, as close to the end of this month as possible, by the end of January, to have my first book ready to move to the editing stage. That's so, great. Yeah. So that's my, that's where I'm currently at. And, and. Tell me this, when you shared that with me, when did you make that decision that, okay, end of January, this is what I need to be? Uh, I mean, it, it just sort of fell into place that way because when I was looking at the early part of the year, I looked at how many chapters do I have left to hit? What stuff do I need to do? And then it was like, oh, okay, well, this, I have, you know, approximately 10 things to do. There's approximately, you know, 10 to 12 days left in the month. Might as well shoot for the end of the month. So- Tell me this, when you made that as a decision, did it have any impact on your daily activity? It helped give a little more structure to my goal for working through a draft of a chapter each day. I mean, it it gave that sort of structure to it, I guess. Gotcha. Well, the reason why I said when you said in the near future, I said that kind of ties it in because really what I wanted to talk about today is the power of short-term goals. And how they can really help us to move things forward. And it's a little bit of a mixture of, you know, self-discipline, having something that you can celebrate that's attainable. Yeah. And also having an objective that you can actually put some clear frame and substance around. There's, I forget what the name of it, there's some kind of principle or whatever that basically says that jobs or tasks will expand to the degree of the time that is available. So, you know, if you've got eight hours to clean your room, you'll take eight hours to clean your room. But if you only have three hours, you'll get it done in three hours because you had to get it done in three hours. Right, right. I think that there's a part of that that sometimes we just have to be aware of. You know, when, when I look at the things that I'm trying to get done, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. 
particularly when you have multiple objectives in multiple areas of your life. So what I wanted to share is just that I think that I'm really coming to a point where I believe that it's really critical as we look at the overall meaningful success system, as we look at the things that we're doing, we have different levels of goals. We have what I call our vision goals. And those, believe it or not, I only put out to three to five years because beyond that, there's just too many variables that are just really hard to plan around. Yeah. So that to me is a long-term goal is like, you know, three to five years. So medium term to me is something to be done this year, you know, but a short term is, you know, what am I going to do in the next 30 days or in some cases even today? This is a principle that you kind of raised us with a little bit. Hmm. Because I remember when I was a kid, if my bedroom was like a big wreck or if the house was really messed up because we just had company or whatever it may be, there's this tendency to look at the overall entire task of clean your room or clean the house or whatever that can be overwhelming. And your whole philosophy was basically you just start at a corner and work your way around and eventually, you know, you'll you'll clean up and now the corner is clean and now you keep going and that other corner is clean and so on. So I feel like this is something that in different forms has sort of been part of my life for a long time. But what I'm not always good at is identifying what those worthwhile short-term goals are. Are This kind of ties into something we talked about a couple of months ago about doing the real work. Correct. Because it's easy to go, okay, well, I've got this big goal. I mean, I'm, I always talk about writing because that's kind of my thing. But like, you know, I've got this big goal of writing a book. There's different short-term goals I could break that into. I could break that into, okay, I'm going to spend a week plotting. I'm going to spend a week writing a chapter or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? The tendency can become... That because you're setting a goal that is short term, that doesn't actually affect the larger timeline. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I spent, you know, two months working on the backstory of this character that shows up on three pages of the book. There's a time for that, maybe, but like it can be a form of procrastination and not doing the quote unquote real work of just getting the chapter done. Yeah, I can see how that can happen. And you know, the interesting thing about you use the example of when you were growing up and cleaning a room. Yeah. One of the things that happens as we kind of go through this process of any kind of big task is the reality is as you're going about, for example, going about cleaning that room, or let's say, let's say I was going to tackle the garage, which was needed to be redone. In the process of doing that, you create a much bigger mess than was originally there to begin with. There's an aspect of the process that you have to recognize and be comfortable with the fact that kind of one of the first stages of that big project is things get messy. You have to kind of take a step back and look at all the big things that have to be done. Where do you think we lose this? Like, what are the danger zones that take us away from this focus on, okay, I'm just going to do the next thing and get the next thing done and the next thing done and the next thing done. And then I've got this whole thing finished. Where do we lose track of that and get into lost into this bigger, you know, not doing the real work? I mean, all these different aspects. Well, I think it's a matter of proactivity, taking the time on a cadence that makes sense to you, taking the time to No, it's kind of going back to what we had that one show about doing the real work. What is it that I really need to get done this day, this week, this month? And so often we don't. 
I mean, because we have so many things that we've got going on, we just kind of wake up, we get ready for work, we sit down to do whatever we're going to do, and we see what comes. We scan our emails, see what kind of things are going on there. We get calls from this. We have a variety of things, but we really have not made the decision today or this week or this month, here is the one, two, or three things I really need to get done. And as a result, we get led by the circumstances, we get led by the activities, we get led by the interruptions. We're not in control of what we're supposed to be accomplishing. Yeah. So you're kind of talking about, you know, instead of you managing your tasks, your tasks are managing you. Correct. Sort of thing. That reminds me, what you were talking about, about what are the big one, two, or three things you need to do? We've talked about him on the show before, but Ali Abdal, who's this productivity guy, he sells a line of planners. And what's interesting about them is they have that as their focus, Mm -hmm. where it's like, what is the one thing that I need to do, that I have to get done? Everything else is, here's the would-be nice ifs. I can get them done. And I think it's like you were saying that there's a matter of like prioritization where you have to not treat all tasks as equally important. Even if there are things that arguably are just as if not more important than the thing that you need to work on right now, if everything is equally important, then nothing is being focused on to the degree it needs to be to actually get something done. And the challenge becomes, again, we go back to the fact that we're not singular and our life is not only work. Yeah. We have singular objectives in different aspects of our life. There's things that we want to make sure that we we focus on. We need to think broader than just simply the work. That's how we get down these these rabbit holes where it's like maybe it's been a really productive month and a half and then yeah. we realize I haven't eaten well, I haven't exercised, I haven't done these things that are equally or even more important to me. Because we've gotten so tunnel visioned. So let's bring this down to a practical level. We sort of touched on my side a little bit already with the book stuff. But for you to start with, look at, you know, the next few weeks or months or whatever that period of time is for meaningful success, for Dream Parrot, for these various business uh, pursuits. How are you putting this into practice? How could you put this into practice? For me, with respect to the things for Dream Parrot at this point in time, the key objective that I have this month is to do three things. And I've accomplished one of those. Yeah. The three things were one, get a list together of the people that I know that I would like to reach out to and say, would you be interested in following the things that we're doing? Two, crafting an email to be sent to those individuals. In fact, crafting two or three emails that I'm going to be sending out over the next few uh, weeks. Yeah. And then thirdly, is to start preparing the materials for my next stage of my course on simplifying complex sales. So those are the three things that I'm putting my focus on. So where is the line between the goal is too small? Like, let's take building the email list like you're talking about, right? Like sending all these emails out. Is it maybe something like, this is the smallest task I could accomplish, which would give me this sense of forward momentum that's legitimate? Not not the, you know, doing the fake work kind Correct. of feeling. Or how are you defining that for yourself? That's where we get into the fact that there's multiple things going on in our lives because that is my objective there. But I also have objectives of things that I want to do personally and also in other aspects of my life. So when I look at my objectives, if if I was solely looking at the business, maybe that is too small. Yeah. But when I combine that with the other things that I want to accomplish personally in my life in the month of January, actually it's right in line. 
Goals are great, but if we overload ourselves with goals because we're too aggressive, then we don't accomplish even those small ones and that discourages and then we kind of pull back from even doing that. And honestly, is there is there a size of goal? No, because every month is different for everybody and there's yeah. a lot of things that are changing. But you you start to learn what is reasonable. I'll, I'll give you an example. I've done a lot of training programs, sometimes an hour, sometimes half day, sometimes a full day. When you have things that you're developing and you're going to be presenting or you're going to be facilitating a group, time management is key. Yeah. And when I first started doing that years and years ago, my slide decks were like mammoth. You know, I'd, I'd have an, okay, I'm going to be talking for eight hours or I've got a day session. And so I've got this slide deck with like 80 slides. Yeah. And is that doable? Well, technically it is. However, over time, I've come to learn what is really more realistic, whether it's an online or a live situation, in terms of how much content do I really want to present? Because the reality is, it's not about how much can I present in a certain number of hours. Yeah, It's about what are the one or two key things that I can convey that someone actually leaves that presentation, leaves that training and says, I picked up one nugget that I really think is going to help me to improve. Yeah. And in all honesty, if you can have somebody leave a training with that one nugget, you've accomplished the goal. And it's not about 80 slides. It's probably not even about 40 or 20. You know, you may actually do more with a dozen slides or 15 slides than you would from accomplishing than you would with 80. Yeah. You start to get to know what is digestible, what is reasonable as you do these kind of planning. So it is a muscle you have to develop and exercise. Yeah. And so this is just a tool that I use of setting these short-term objectives, like you mentioned when we cleaned the room, starting in that one corner and working your way around, not trying to tackle the whole thing at once. Yeah. And hopefully it's it's helpful for somebody. Well, one thing that uh, I would like to continue to do is celebrate our little victories. For you, what is a little victory you've had since we recorded the last episode on your success journey? My wife and I had a chance to sit down and talk through um, some financial objectives that we have in the, in the near term and really get our plan together as to what we want to do. There were some questions that we were trying to ask each other and trying to decide what we wanted to do on some things. I know I'm sort of being a little bit vague here, but it was one of those things that was occupying my thoughts. It was occupying my energy because when I'd be doing other things, I'd be thinking, okay, what are we going to do yeah. about X, Y, Z? And so the victory to me is that we were able to sit down, talk about it, pray about it, and know here's our plan. As simple as that sounds, knowing that removes those question marks from the back of my mind. And so for me, that's a victory. Yeah. For me, I'm kind of getting to the finish line with getting uh, the first book ready for the just the next stage toward moving toward publication. It's not like a massive, massive announcement, but that's kind of the whole point. It's like little victories. But I am pleased with how that's going and with the progress I'm making. So that's that's what I would say for now. The funny thing is, when you say little victories, that actually plays into my weekly favorite. Oh, it's the weekly favorite. My weekly favorite this week was that I learned a game called Farkle. <laughs> we went to a oh. <laughs> we went to a, a, a get together at our church, and there were a number of people there. And it was just it's just a simple little dice game, kind of like Yahtzee or something like that. But I actually won. Nice, yeah. good job. Yeah. My weekly favorite is a sauce. 
<laughs> a sauce? A sauce. So so Audrey and I have started doing meal prep, which is basically you prepare food in bulk ahead of time. So that way it's really mainly used so that you know you're getting the right measurements of like protein and carbs and grams of fat and things like that in your diet. Yeah. And it also saves you time on cooking each day because you're Emma's barking at something. It also saves you time on preparing food every day. So you're because you're making like four or five days of food in advance. One of those things that's hard is when sauces tend to be really high carb, the ones that are low carb tend to not taste very good. I have found a brand of sauces that are sugar-free, so therefore very low carb. They have a fair bit of fat, but they're not that high. Anyway, it's just really, really good. It's called like G Hughes, I think is the brand. And um, And yeah, it's just very good from what we've had so far and it has fit in our macros and it's tasted really good and it you know so that's my weekly favorite is i've been doing meal prep and that sauce has been great very good so for now i think that's going to be it for tonight everybody thank you for listening and until next time we'll see you later have a great week The Meaningful Success Podcast is myself, Josiah Clark, and my father, Wade Clark. Yep. (laughs) Good night, everybody.